What's up, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Evening Alpha. I am your stunningly handsome host, uh, Todd, founder of Adult Fantasy, and uh, yeah, we are here for another episode with some of the hottest interviews with the with the really the most talented founders inside of the Web three space. Uh, so glad you could join us uh, on uh, another another incredible evening full of uh, massive alpha news and information. Uh, so we are going to get started. We're going to jump in. Uh, though I think, do we have? Hey, Dusty, wave your hand. Do we have any uh, announcements before we should uh, jump in? Yeah, you want to come up on stream for a second? All right, we'll do it really quick. Hey, Dusty. Hello, how you hello. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. Excellent. Yeah. So just real quick, we have a Twitter engagement contest going on. So right now, if you use the hashtag at Adult Fantasy, uh, or sorry, the hashtag adult fantasy nft or you mention our handle at adult fantasy nft you will be earning points you can check out the leaderboard for points which we'll be posting on twitter and we've got an autographed nft as the prize so mention us on twitter engage with us and someone's winning an autographed nft and some other nfts that's awesome that's a pretty good deal what do they have to do again one more time what do they have to do yeah mention the hashtag adult fantasy nft or ping at the adult fantasy twitter handle at adult fantasy nft and just mention that in a tweet in a retweet quote tweet and uh you'll earn points awesome well thank you sir i appreciate you as always hell yeah one more thing make sure you say hi from the stream i'm glad you Make sure you say hi in the chat because we're running a giveaway tonight as well so towards the end we'll pull probably pull me up with the prize wheel and just by liking, subscribing, and saying hi in the chat, you'll be entered into the giveaway, and someone will win tonight before the stream ends. Awesome. So liking, subscribing, and posting in chat. Yep. All right. Got it. Everybody, like, subscribe, post in chat. Let's win something tonight. Yeah. Awesome. See you towards the end of the show, man. All right. See you in a bit. Hell uh, yeah. And with that said, I am super excited to introduce uh, Jason Primrose. Uh, you all know him as the progenitor is that the correct word i'm yeah. using words progenitor where is that from? inventor founder of, of lost children of andromeda i really shouldn't use fancy words it's yeah really- yeah <laughs> president i've never heard that word used met but i'm sure i think it means father or parent or guardian i'm not sure it, I, i'm sure it's a positive word though i'm yes. i'm sure yes. we haven't gone down a rabbit hole um but uh uh Dude, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I do act like these are my children. Well, like I've had one and I'm like, oh, am I ready to have another one yet? <laughs> um, which is totally terrible for, you know, all of the, the women out there who actually have to have kids. But um, not terrible, but, you know, it's, it's hard. No, it's terrible. Birthing this is like... Ah, it took me. I can't. So I want to hear all about this. So, so real quick though, tell tell us what is Lost Children of Andromeda? It's I don't know. It's like an extension of me at this point. Um, Lost Children of Andromeda is a it's a book series. It's you know a music experience. It's visual art. You know expression. um, but it's really, it's really a story, like a, a story I've been telling for my whole life in different ways. Um, and it's about how we are facing a slow end to the world and what it will take for us to um, reconnect to our heritage 
use our greatest potential, whatever that is, and save humanity. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean we get to stay on Earth, um, not in this series, but it does mean that when we connect to our power, you know, we can we can change, you know, what our future looks like. So that's what the stories become, and it, you know, I think it. And then there's this, and then there's this whole that that's just the books, and then there's the the NFT part, which is meant to give people access to themselves and their own imaginations and give them, you know, um, agency in creating their own characters um, inside and outside of, you know, the Lost Children world and kind of using the, uh, using the ecosystem and the environments and the, the base lore as a playground mm -hmm. um, for their adult adulthood. That's so cool, man. I, I'm So hold that book up again. Uh, for those that didn't get a chance to see this so this is so this is this is why i want you to do this because that is a thick ass book and it's not a mock-up right like this is it's not just oh let me mock up a book to daydream about 500 pages that's oh look at that oh it's beautiful man wow. this so you wrote this book how long did it take you to write the book man it took me it took me like from 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 draft, first draft, I mean, from first draft to completion, probably eight years. Dude. Because I wrote a version of it, I published a version of it, I took down a version of it and rewrote it again. But the, but like certain specific things changed, like the arc and things like that, but the characters were the same. Um, so all in all, it took me from about 2013 or 14 all the way to 2021. Wow. And you self-published it? I did. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Great job on the printing, man. Thank you. It looks fantastic. Thank you, Ingram Spark, even though you're so expensive for the printer order. But, well, but what, yeah. shout out to him. What was it? Ingram Spark? Ingram Spark is a great... Uh, is an interesting platform. It's great if you want to publish your own novels. Um, uh, but you know, with the it's print to order, so you don't absorb the cost of inventory, but you pay, you pay, you, you pay that in the, in the individual cost of each printed book. Mm. Uh, so they give you kind of a number based on how many pages your book is, and then you can do whatever your MSRP is. Uh, it looks really good. It looks like they did a really good job. Oh, I mean, I mean the, the cover we did with, a. Uh, a professional um professional team that does a lot of book covers um de Monza, which was amazing and then the thing i really loved about this that i was always surprised about was just like the paper quality is really good yeah that's awesome on this so i mean for an independent that that if you have the branding and like all that stuff down and um you could definitely look like a major you know a major published so cool by a, like a major publisher or an indie publisher that's awesome so i i'm sue i'm very curious about your process here because um you you have really high production standards it's terrible. and, and it's i can i mean obviously you know i can tell because you like took eight years to write a book said nah fuck it and wrote it again to fix it you know, and I know it was, you know, within the eight years or whatever, but still, that's a tremendous undertaking. Um, most people don't do that, one, and most people don't finish, two, right? 
Uh, and, and then those that do finish, um, a large number of them nowadays, just, just put it up on a, as an EPUB or something, or go to, or go to their local printer or something like really, I don't want to say, I don't want to say, I'll say, I'll say not as high production quality, right? Like we all know in production, there's a whole, there's a spectrum of quality. Yeah. And that book is the high, highest quality that, that I think you could get. I'm sure you could go higher with like, you know, there's always things you can do to books, you know, make gold edges on the paper and mm-hmm. parts in there and all that kind of stuff. Embossed this and that. But yeah. that's a that's an incredibly high production value. And then I'm also pointing out uh, to the website, right? Because which has a completely it's the same vibe, but of course it's different where you're actually the the web pages are you know full screen and it's animated and it's it's a lot of thought went into that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have a, I spent a long time in branding before this. I was doing a lot of like messaging development and content and all that stuff. And um, so I've always, there came a point where I, where I had this really like impossibly high standard for anything visual or anything that like was being presented. Um, if you look at like our pitch decks, the book, the artwork, you know, the website, it's always got to be top tier. Um, and I think part of that was because I feel like people would underestimate me anyway. Yep. So like, oh, who's this guy? Like, like, what's he, you know, what is he, who does he think he is? And, and so I, I wanted to give no doubt that there is like not, a, there is no reason you could say no to anything that we're doing because it's it's of this like impeccable quality and so you know we in our artists which we were talking about before i i i'll send you some of the some of the sketches we got but um in our artists you know our tech tech partners and everything like that we just like we want to make sure people are a little bit confused they're like is this a are they independent you know yeah um I have to tell you too, when I go to Comic-Con, it's so funny. People will come by the booth, mm-hmm. especially when I have, cause I, I've had to have an exhibitor booth before. Yeah. Like Artist Alley was sold out and I was like, I'm not waiting another year to, to go out on, on the road. Um, and people come by and think I'm selling books for somebody else. They're like, are you, are you Jason? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's awesome. There. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's fun, but yeah, I'm just, that's just I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a bitch about it honestly like no, you have to be man you you have to be we when we first started um we uh were doing the rounds and trying to get influencers and this is early like before it kind of became passe and before it, whatever like i was just trying to introduce myself to the community and so i was reaching out to, to everyone that i could um, whether they had a following or not it was really just about people that i liked in the space and be like hey man check this out what do you think you know and, uh, you know, you always get, you know, some people don't respond and some people respond super nice. But one of the funniest responses that I got was we had a few people, um, pretty well known in the, in the ecosystem, right. Who wrote back and were just like, uh, uh, we don't support, I'm not, I don't, I'm not supporting a large enterprise. Sorry. And you're just like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You don't get it. Like we're like at the time we we're like three people. Yeah, <laughs> we're three people like 
that's it. Like one person, me on the art stuff and, and product side, um, uh, Melissa, my wife is like the, the senior developer and solidity. And then we have Flint who does all of the, 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 the code and the, and all the player stuff for our, and invented all the fancy technology for stuff. And that's it, man. That was pretty much, you know, that was pretty much the core team. Um, and we had, uh, James, another guy who was, who was fantastic on the storytelling stuff. Um, but yeah, so three, four people, that was it. And, um, and it was, it was kind of a kick to be like, wow, they think we're like some massive venture backed, like invaders in the space, you know, but, but then I would come back and be like, no, like, and it's like a picture of me, like this waving hand, like just us. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you can respond, sometimes you don't, but I just thought that was funny. That is so interesting. I um I had quite a, I had a quite a, a unique uh, Web three experience. First of all, I came in a little bit after the the wave. Um, well, I built during probably the come down of the mm. wave, and then launched in the middle of the worst Ethereum price since I don't know two thousand seventeen maybe. Yeah, always, always a good time to launch. Is yeah, it was the best, and and I felt like I didn't have a choice either because we had gotten so far, and I was kind of stuck in in a hard place, and was like, if we don't do this now, what will happen, or when could we? Um, so we launched, and um, and then it didn't go. I mean, it went fine because we launched it basically. We did like a zero mint, zero a zero eight mint. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. You know, in terms of people snatching up the NFTs, but then I was like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to do? The community said that they didn't, you know, and it's like, it's not, it's not a bad thing, but yeah. what we were in at the time was like a zero mint meta. So, so zero ETH mint meta. So it's like, it's like, we want you to do all the things you said in the roadmap, but we don't want to pay for them. Like, we don't want to, <laughs> want to like pay any amount of money. Like, if it's not zero, they were very clear. It's yeah. not zero, we're not minting. And I was like, well, I mean, okay, I guess, I guess it's more important that we get the product out there, like the digital assets out there, than it is that we that we make money off of them. And I wouldn't say that was a mistake, but it was a great learning experience. And uh, and and it came it came back to being like, okay, well, it's a go, then I've got to find like an, an another path, still with Web three in mind but something that is a lot more clear cut in terms yeah. of what we're offering and what people are getting because part of the mistrust i felt was in the speculation around what we were actually providing with you know a technology drop or a character pfp kind of thing yeah that's, that's interesting like i'm, I'm taking notes here because you said a couple of things that are so interesting like the the idea of having to take another path i think that's a real important thing to for people to to pick up on especially if anyone's listening that is looking to build their own nft project or launch their own business or whatever it is um but i think you said something profound in that you know you you did the right thing and that you were you did what the market wanted you to do right you did you knew enough about the market knew enough about research uh, to to know i said okay i have to launch this way right now i've worked we've worked so hard we don't really have a choice we don't want to just wait another six months we want to do this now but the market is saying that we have to launch a certain way or do a certain thing and you do it and people get are happy 
but you also know that it's a temporary happiness because you have to, you know, as someone running that project, you have to turn it, you have to switch it as these, as these different, these different headwinds kind of come. Right. And like, like, you know, there was that phase and then you had like, you know, of course the PFP phase and the staking game phase and like all of the, all of the, the different phases that we've gone through just in the last 12 months. Right. And it's your royalty phase. That's right. Exactly. The royalty phase. And it's like, you have the great, right. Like you have to, you, you, at a certain point you want to give people what they want, but, but then you also know that if you do it too much, you know, at the end of the day, you're the person that kind of crunching the numbers and you're the person that has to drive the project. And, and it's also your responsibility to make people make sure that people are satisfied in the long run. Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so that's a, that I commend you, man. Cause that's a really, that's not a simple decision to be like, uh, okay, we gotta, we gotta shift this up a little bit. Well, yeah. Um, and it really cost me, like it cost me a lot. It cost me money. It cost me part, part of the team couldn't keep stay on in the long run. It cost me, I think some of the community, like the people that were disenfranchised by how long it was going to now take us to, you know, fulfill our roadmap. Um, because it wouldn't be in three months or for two months or whatever was normal for normal cadence for like when the next drop would be or whatever the reward was that comes on the heels of the thing. And so, um, you know, as a, as a solo founder going back again, crunching the numbers, looking at like what we did, what I learned and like what we could do next. I think this is the stuff that people don't talk about because yeah. you, you know, I was talking to, um, my, my, one of my investors from Beatstow today, and he was talking about, um, the guys from Goblin Town, the people from Goblin Town and how they had a mint before that, yep. that was, you know, whatever. And then they were trying, 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 and they did Goblin Town. And now their first mint is going up because it's access to something that they're doing in the future. And so he was like, you know, what you get to work with here is the ecosystem of lost children. Like, how do you make sure that, you know, what you have already created or what's already out there is kind of revered as you build, you know, this, these new things that have like wider accessibility um which is very fascinating and again i just think that you know you hear about the big the big hits like azuki um you know board ape yacht club even um oni force like things like that but you don't really hear about the ways they got there or kind of the mistakes that they made along the way to get to have that project like go so well um, yeah in that last moment yeah i think it's that's a very a very big truth you know, I, there's a lot of, I don't want to just say fronting because I don't want to make too, too light of it. But like, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on founders when, when they're doing an interview or they're on a spaces or they're just talking about their project. And this is across the board. This isn't just web three. It's also with like, like quote unquote, traditional software developers, like with, with all entrepreneurs, like everything is awesome all the time. You know what I mean? Like nobody, like everyone knows that the job of basically your job as a founder is waking up and just putting out fires all day. That yeah. is what you're doing. You're, you're making sure new fires don't start and you're putting out new uh, other fires. And at the, while those you're trying to put out those fires, you're moving up like an incline, <laughs> right? It's yeah. like, how, how can I got to put the fires out before the whole thing burns down and I have to keep moving up to higher ground. 
And so, and this is every business. I don't care whether they have a dollar in their bank account or they have $450 million in their bank account. Everyone, no money, no problems. You know what I mean? Like, like every business has this, they just have bigger problems and harder things they have to solve. It's just the truth of it. And, and I think there's this pressure to not be transparent and to not share that, um, which, which I think is a, I, I try, um, I try to break that a little bit because I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's healthy for the ecosystem and I don't think it's healthy for the founding for the founders. I don't think it's healthy for, for people. You gotta be, you have to be open at a certain, like you are, you know what I mean? Like that, like it's not, it shouldn't be downplayed that you're like, yeah, it sucked. Here's the problem. Because a lot of times you have to make the hard decisions. You know what I mean? But, but it's also like you made hard decisions and you're still here and, and you're building badass shit. So, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's easy. Yeah. You know I, mean? um, I love that it, you know, in, in hindsight, because June, July, and August were, were, were tough. I was like, I was ready to hang it up mm. around mid-July, right before I went to San Diego Comic-Con for that panel. I got on the plane and I was like, I'm about to quit. Fuck this shit. Yep. And I went to Comic-Con and I met these directors and these, these people and they were talking about their break, like the, the first person that believed in them. We had this amazing discussion and I was like, ah, yes, this is, this is why I'm here. Like, this makes sense now. Like all the struggle is totally worth it. And um, I kind of got, I got re, my passion got reignited for all of it right the whole process all the climbing i'm like okay back up the mountain here we go i just got to figure out what tools i need and but we're gonna get there and maybe, just, uh, maybe you know sometimes just getting getting that break and being in a different mindset you know what i mean like that that sometimes can be be all you need well yeah and i think also like you know having us, us chatting you know too with like being in community with other creators really helps ease that. And then I was also talking to friends that were like, bro, this is just like business 101. This just happens. Yeah. Uh, and it's not even, it, it's not even abnormal, dude. Like, yeah. like there's, there's something that, um, I, so I, I've done a lot of mentoring and advising for venture back startups and tech. Right. So a lot of them have gone into accelerate coming in and going out of accelerators and incubators and institutions. Like you, you would, Techstars, Teal Fellowship, um, a lot of a lot of other ones you would know, um, but there's something that I teach called the skill curve, and and it's it's every single every business goes through it and every person goes through it because we're all learning skills. It's a skill set curve, and basically what happens, and I'll, I'll do it in reverse so you can see it. Like basically, you have this before business period where it's just this plateau, and you're just minding your own business, you know, and you're just going along, and then all of a sudden you have this like entrepreneurial spark that kicks in right and you're just like that light bulb goes off and all of a sudden goes boom there's like a vertical launch in your initial enthusiasm right like oh my god this is no way nobody's doing this i I can't believe it this is gonna be huge and then you start to work on it and then there's this massive drop this massive dip and that's when reality sets in Mm -hmm. right of how much work it is and what you're gonna have to do and just the 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 
the depth of the problem you're trying to solve, right? Both in yourself and for other people, for the value that you want to provide. And that's when you enter this phase called the trough of sorrow. And the trough of sorrow is, is just that bottom, it's the abyss, right? And, and there's a point while you're doing this is basically the trough of sorrow is like, you basically realize that everything you thought you were going to do, you can't do, right? It doesn't work. People don't like it. Uh, your initial product sucks. People aren't working out or this isn't happening or it's all the fires start to happen. Yeah. And then what you do in that trough of sorrow is you begin to experiment and improve or you pivot, you just bounce. You do, you gotta, you gotta turn the business into something else, right? So you experiment and improve and, and kind of get it to where it needs to be, or you do something else. And then even through that, there's even one more final dip and that final dip is is the cliff right you either fall off the cliff and say screw it this isn't for me i'm not it's not done i'm done with it or you go the other way and all of a sudden it starts to pull out a little bit and it's rocky it's like kind of jagged like a stock chart up and down up and down up and down but but the general trajectory is a little is a little bit in the right direction because it, that phase is literally the starts working phase right you're not rock star but it starts working right and then at a certain point and it can take months it can take years just depends on on the business and the team and what everyone's trying to accomplish at a certain inflection point it starts to scale incredibly right and that's where you hit that product market fit right and then of course you have acquisitions and upside to the buyer and all that kind of stuff when people buy your company if that's the thing but but that's basically the path that's the the path of companies it's also the path of people. If you could, you could plot yourself riding a bike, like how to ride a bike on the exact same path, right? Like you're falling over on the bike and you're like, oh my God, this sucks. I'm, I'm bruised up. I'm beaten. Other people can't do it, but I must be an idiot. And all of a sudden you get on there and one more time and you're kind of wobbly, right? And then you just slowly skill improve, skill improve, skill yeah. improve, right? Yeah. Next thing you're standing on the handlebars. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. Yeah, I don't know where I am, but. I will say I'm very excited about the, the graphic novel piece. Look, I, I love I love reading, right? So I read books, um, but I also grew up on comic books, which we talked about. I mean, your collection is very impressive. I have a few, um, you know, I, I love X-Men and all, all of those. So those are my main ones that I've been reading. But the, the graphic novel is like a new, a new experience uh a new medium and i was like so excited to connect with you, with you also knowing your background and your history in the comic book world and just visual storytelling overall so yeah tell me about um, now you got me you know you, you know you have my attention like what tell me about the graphic novel what are you looking to do with it um okay so what i love about the graphic novel is the ability to break it up into chapters and have those chapters be collectible. So remember we talked earlier about, and I think this is really important for people to understand about like NFTs and like having them not need to be in quotes. <laughs> but but the NFT is actually the same type of transaction that you would that you would have if you were to go into a bookstore. So you're buying a chapter in as part of a greater, you know, graphic novel. And mm -hmm. by collecting all those chapters, you can burn or trade in the individual NFTs for the physical printed version. So that's like the game we want to have people playing in this first round of 
of like the, the next the next phase of our pivot mm. which is basically you can collect the chapters the individual chapters of the graphic novel and when all 10 because we're going to do like in like half of the book and then the other half once you've collected the first 10 then we'll do a limited edition print first half of the graphic the first half of the novel as a graphic novel and then we'll do the second 10 and then the second half and then maybe it'll come in one compilation but i think it's going to end up being like 600 pages so it may end up staying two books like two volumes that's awesome so you can collect both volumes as a printed version but only if you've collected the the digital versions which we'd have um, available through nifty gateway so that's that's like one that's something that we're going to start up more next year we're really taking our time with the artists and like getting the concept art and getting the pages done really well i don't feel like we need to rush that so much yeah. um and then we're going to i took down the digital version of the ebook of this and we're going to re-release a um kind of a, a digital a digital version available only through um, our sync nft mm. and another nft that we're launching um, december 15th and it'll be like it'll be like this plus like a 50 page glossary that's all visual oh wow in the back so it'll be like pictures of the technology and like all that kind of stuff um different different yeah just is, different is the is the graphic novel is that an adaptation adaptation of the book yeah it is it is i haven't i haven't um we got some pictures some of these some of these guys are really good like oh that. yeah that's great let me uh here maybe i should let me see if i can make you full screen there so people can see it come on this is where i'm going to accidentally boot you from the room or something there we go oh yeah it looks great this is like this is like an inked version. I don't know why it's not like so bright. There you go. You turn it sideways a little bit. There you go. There you go. You can see it. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I really, really love and then um I got this from someone too. Oh wow. That was like amazing. I loved the way they did the facial expressions. Um Yeah, it was really good. Oh, that's great. Really, really good. So yeah, I'm interviewing artists right now, and uh, I'm getting to try my hand at a comic book script writing. Do you do you write your scripts? Uh, I do. Uh, well, I I, I have. Um, I've written plenty of scripts. Uh, right now, we are working uh, with a guy named Zachary Arbella, who's a who's a uh, someone in from our community, and he's written, I think, thirteen novels in the fantasy space. Oh, and so he's. He's breaking. He's kind of new at the comic format, but not new at writing books. Right. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, he's been fantastic. But yeah, I mean, I've written, I've written plenty. It just there's so many different ways, so many different techniques to do it. Um, uh, I mean, I, I could talk your ear off about that. Yeah, I mean, if you, good, if you get a good artist, honestly, if you get a good artist, depending on who it is and what they're, <laughs> I gotta get to chat. They're telling me some funny things. But they're, um, if you if you actually get a good artist, they can actually just go through your book and read the book and just like sketch out the thumbnails. Like you won't. I mean, that would be that would be the. I was like, why can't someone just read this book? And, and because when we did the soundtrack, which is a soundtrack, which you should link everybody to, because even if you don't want to read the book, the soundtrack is its own 
experience. Like it takes you through all of the moods of the story and the different environments. And you're like, you know, yeah, I don't know. It's really cool. But the, the, the composer, you know, he read the book seven times and Dude. then he crafted this like crazy, like cinematic audio experience. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. It's, it's, it's so cool the way that the songs are. That's um, awesome. Yeah, you should do the same thing. My, I mean, some some artists want a script and they're just not even going to look at your book. And and some artists will just say, give me the book. It yeah. just depends. I mean, if it was me personally, I would probably just want the book. Yeah. Because you're going to get well, different images that pop in your head. But that's, that's you know, it, it just depends on the person you get, you know? Yeah. And I think about the nuance because I was like thinking, I was like, well, how much they would need to kind of know all the elements because okay because this is the example when i'm writing the book right i know everything that's going to happen even in the next book yeah so i'm like I'm like dropping like little pieces you know all throughout the story that are going to be callbacks later so if i'm drawing the prologue and i don't realize that like what I'm drawing in the sky is a callback to, you know, the something that happens like in the next book or whatever. I just, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. So. Well, that's what revisions are for, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Right? I mean, that's why you could just, if you have, if you let an artist go, if you find, I mean, again, it really depends on the person you get, but if you, if you get someone who would prefer to save you time and basically they would get a kick out of reading the book and, and doing the thumbs from the book, have them do like really quick, like quick thumbnail sketches of the pages, right? And that way you get to see the, you actually get to see the pacing, the story, the shots, the, the mindset of the person. Yeah, they'll look like chicken scratch, but it'll still look like good chicken scratch. Mm -hmm. Enough for you to read, kind of visually, quote unquote, read the story. And so as you're seeing that and you're seeing the layout, you can say, oh, well, maybe, you know, she would actually be looking this way or uh, the building would be over here. And actually in my head, the building is smaller rather than taller. Or, oh, by the way, um, this shot looks great, but that thing in the sky is this thing. Right. Right. And we don't tell people that, but just so you know, it's not, it's not a moon. It's a giant death star. I don't know, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like you can actually like give it, give it to them that way. So that you, as the, as the, the person who's, who's head craftsman, right. Give, given that person the freedom to work in whatever, whatever way they want, want to work, whether it's with the script or with just the book, but then you can, you can actually just through Zoom calls just kind of go through and add the nuance, right? Because the other challenge you have is I think when you when you try to pull something down from a from a book into especially a big book into uh, uh, a script is that the script like just like like film scripts doesn't have a lot of detail, right? It's always the artist that's going to be kind of making that up. And so because your setting is so detailed or so specific, it might actually benefit them to, to read the way in which you write and understand how the light comes through the window that caresses the table while the person is sitting at the, mm. on the couch, right? So that they can visualize it so they can go ahead and draw it as opposed to interior bedroom morning. Right. 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 So it just, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a give and take, right? Um, you, you know, it's never going to look exactly the way you'd have it in your head because, you know, people are different. But that's also part of the fun of of, of scripting and, and comics, you know. Yeah. Um, really, really quick, we're going to jump in the chat because uh, people are, are 
chomping at the bit here. Um, uh, <laughs> KG, what's up, Dusty? Dusty's, of course, here. LFG. Uh, KG says, any bets on hat or no hat? Dude, you know I'm wearing the hat. I got to get a haircut. I got, like, I got this mop right now because I, I'm busy. I need to get, I need to get my haircut. <laughs> Wizard says, RC tweeted, we ride a dawn. Awesome. <laughs> and always hat. Yeah, always hat. Uh, oh, we got some regulators. We got some, uh, uh, oh my God, young guns. Come on now. Regulators. We got an old group here. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're not old at all. Uh, uh, Dusty says, make sure you like and subscribe and say hi in chat to be eligible to win, win the prize, uh, win off the prize wheel tonight. So be sure to like the channel, subscribe and say hi in chat and uh, you can win. Uh, Willie D says, that's a huge book. It is very impressive, man. I, I got to say, like, it's not, I can't, uh, it's scary. I mean, as someone who like draws pages independently and in, in animation one frame at a time, it's a little intimidating and terrifying to me. <laughs> I'm like, no wonder no one wants to adapt into animation. Um, we actually sent it out to a number of producers and I think they just wanted to see it visually done already. They just want yeah. me to work. They're like, give it to me as a storyboard and I'll think about it. Yeah, right. That's right. right now, says, even like, where do we even start? Uh, Wizard says Tropa Sorrel is like an emo band. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Oh, it's it's true. What's the? Uh, there's a word for it. The Uncanny Valley. What does that mean again? Oh sure. Uh, I don't even know, but I've heard the term. Yeah, I've heard the term. I don't know what it means, but not, a, not a, no idea. That, that, uh, that's what I thought of. Oh yeah, sure. Natasha wants to see more characters. Natasha, are we able to see more of the characters from the book? It's awesome. Yeah, actually, um, it's a great question. Um, yeah, the, the the NFT we're dropping on December 15th are, will be animated character cards. So. Oh, it's so good. Lisa. It's Lisa. Um, we got some, some badass, badass folks in here. Yeah, I showed this one earlier. Yeah, those are so good. Um, I love it. Does it each chapter have a have a character at the front? There, actually, it's a little bit more. There's like sixty four. There's like sixty four. Um, wow, images in there. Um, these are all like really great quality as parts of the book, but they are not like sequential. Not a lot of sequential art. There's this one picture that I freaking love. It's so intense, though. Um, it's like an action shot, and I remember when they did it, I was like, "Ooh, this is, this is gritty." She's just, oh, that's so good. I have a, I have a daydream of actually like creating a graphic novel, but in a novel format, like black and white in a novel format. And I wonder if it would ever look mm -hmm. good because I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah I'm still cool. debating between color or, or just ink. Yeah. I feel like. Because it's such a sci-fi, like such a high, high color, maybe, yeah. world, so it would be really great. Um, so yeah, I'm. But I'm so. Like, it's so hard. I know. I know the feeling. I. I. Our. Uh, uh, our origin comic is going to be black and white. Oh, um, because it just looks. The artwork was so good. Avery uh, turned in. Uh, our artist turned in so such good artwork. I was like, I can't color it. Like there's just. Mm. Like I can't do it. Like it would. It would. It would take away detail 
You know yeah. what I mean? Like I looked at it and I was like, if I add color to it, if we actually put something to it, it's going to reduce the quality of the artwork. Interesting. And I was like, I can't yeah, do it. Some so people good. with really good pencils. And I'm like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Why would you, like once you want to talk to them, like, it's, why would you it's challenging. Uh, I am. Um, so I'm curious about your character process. Like, because so this Hush, I think, asks about like, different characters and all of my characters are based off of me and then people like amalgamations of people I know. <laughs> so, mm. um, what do you like, how do you develop your characters, especially in, in that format, you know, because it's different, you're not getting their inner dialogue and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I, that's a great question. I do a lot of work for characters. Um, so what I'll do is I, I'll start with the, I usually start with a story right like i start thinking about the things that might make a character without knowing the story of the character and then i have because i'm very visual i have something called a rule from it's a personal rule it's not like a artistic rule no one i've never heard anyone else talk about this but but i have a, a something that i call the the rule of threes which is um if you're if you want to make an original character something that really stands out what you want to do is have at least three references slammed together, right? So if I take, uh, if I take Wolverine and I mix him with uh, Superman, okay, that might be, and then and then you know I'll experiment to see, okay, well maybe the claws and he'll have a cape, and you know it's a lot of give and take. Like this works, this doesn't work, this kind of works, this doesn't work. Um, if I stop at two, what you have is something that looks cool and it, it could be, it can be interesting, but it doesn't have a lot of life into it. Right. And so what I'll try to do is I'll try to throw something else in there. Um, and it'll, I'll, and sometimes I'll even try to throw something from left field, uh, because then it, it, that it'll give it personality. So for instance, imagine in your head Wolverine crossed with Superman. Okay. You're like, all right, that's kind of cool, right? You got it in your head. Cross that with Mr. T. Oh, wow. Right? All of a sudden, you're like like kind of a big guy with chains, maybe, and maybe like the costume's too tight or something because he's just, you know, pity's a fool. He's shredding it or something. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so trying to pull in these different little references, and they don't necessarily have to be like comic book characters slammed together or, or whatever or cultural icons, but you can, if you start to think that way, then once once that those things are mixed together and you have that image, even if it's not 100%, like if I have a guy and he's got like claws that are maybe coming out of his fingernails uh, and he's also wearing like a ton of chains, like 1980s, you know, he's, he's just like like completely hooked up. So maybe, maybe he was part of like the B team, not the A team. He was part of the B team. Yeah. Right? And he had problems because he could—he actually got kicked out of the B team because with those fingers, he could never actually open the door to rescue anybody, right? <laughs> because he just would, you know, people were, innocent people are dying because he just can't get his fingers around the, the doorknob. So, so that kind of starts the getting the juices going, right? Uh, and so, and so that's kind of how it begins. Uh, and then it's just a lot of like work, throwing stuff out and, and writing stuff down. And honestly, like, if it if for me, and this is just a like for my personality, you know, for character, I always like trying to create characters that are that have a sense of humor to them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're funny characters. 
right? Um, so you can't, I don't think you can force things to be funny. So some of the characters end up being like almost like traditional superhero characters and some end up being just off the wall, ridiculous characters. So yeah. Kind of like the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm. And, and what I, what I find fascinating, especially with the, with the field that we're in is that, you know, at least for us, at least for me, like I'm, we're trying to create the, when you create a character, your interpretation may be different than somebody else's. Right. Like you can see, like there's, if you look at the Marvel universe and you look at superheroes, there's a Spider-Man book, comic book. Right. And then there's like Spider-Man, like in the real world, like kind of gritty and dark and has like marital issues. And then there's the, there's Spider-Man that's the animated TV show that's for kids. And it's like, and then there's the Lego Spider-Man game or whatever. That's for like three-year-olds. So there's all these different interpretations of the same, of the same character set, the same traits right all of them can lose their uncle ben and all of them can live with aunt may but but it's exploring different little personality pieces so i can create a character that has a sense of humor to it but then when we go into lore games or we start kind of doing our our version of the writer's room where the whole community comes together the stories right now are actually kind of dark you know what i mean but it, it actually i think adds a little bit of spice to it where you have this character that has a humorous card and then you read this story and you're like wow that's not humorous at all mm. There's actually a little bit of tragedy behind the humor, you know, and yeah. I think that adds value to the to the character, in my in my opinion. Mm, that's really cool. I also love the the writers' room of the community, like having them. Like, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, Rasputin says, uh, uh, "Oh, Rasputin, my boy." He said uh, he was talking about your book. He says it's such a great book. The character artwork is, in it is really good too. Yeah. Yeah, he he. The cool thing is that there's a there's a. Um, so I have a, a business a business partner um, I'm working with on this Nifty Gateway drop, and uh, I have a couple people that have braved the full novel, and anyone who's read the full novel will not. They're like die hard. Like Rasputin has been through the, the whole thing. He saw the crash. He saw, and he's like. He's like here for. He's like no. This is. I believe in it. I so love it. That is one thing that I can say that I'm really really happy about is that if you read it, like when you read it, you'll understand like the the the, the kind of, I guess the energy or the fabric or the magic, and and I think that's what helps me keep going too. And and Alistair, to your point. I say Alistair has the valiance of Black Panther. He has the tenacity of like a Harry Potter, the that strong desire to use his abilities to the greatest, the greatest potential, and the curiosity of um, I can't even remember the kid's name from like Ready Player One, where he's kind of like unsure about why the world is the way it is, but he wants it to be better. Um, so you kind of smash those together, and you get this. This kind of like goofy kid that doesn't really know how to use his powers. He's really earnest, um, a little bit naive, and uh, and everybody else around him knows more. You know, they're like a little more savvy. They're, they they like they yeah, it's different. And then I have like Lisa, who's the counterpart, who's like the other main character, and she's like. Oh, I love Lisa. She she's an old character too. I mean, these kids are like these are people are thirty years old. So I've been writing them since I was like eight years old, and um, 
Lisa is a lot like uh, Jean Grey. She has like the hardness of Storm. <laughs> um, the hardness of Storm. And uh, I'm trying, I don't know about the third, about the third person, but then she's got this, this, um, she's got this like binary personality. So she's a little bit, she's a little bit unhinged where you don't really know like who's talking, like which, who am I speaking to right now? And that's like mm. the deeper thing. So yeah, a lot of the characters were either like, like, like you said, like groups of people or, 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 or archetypes that I really, really liked in a different comic. Oh, Scarlet Witch is the third one. Absolutely. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a wizard says Parsifal. That was uh, the kid from uh, Ready Player One. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so so that's that's like a fun. I also sometimes pretend to be my characters because I think it's just fun. To like if I pretended to be my characters, I'd get arrested. So. <laughs> that's amazing. So are you, have you thought of, or are you planning to do like an audio book for this thing? Yeah, that's, that's, that's something in the works. So uh, we have an audio book and there's a guy who loves this book so much. Again, he's like, he's a great narrator. And um, I'm actually going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get a chapter out. I'm yeah. Gonna get a chapter of the audiobook out because he did such a great job. We just have a few revisions to make on it. Um, but we were going to do a full cast audiobook. That was the that was the vision. Oh wow! A bunch of we had a bunch of people um, like lined up, ready to go, and then it it was a little bit confusing between the time we wanted to produce it in and the cost that it would take to produce it in that amount of time. Um, but yeah, we recorded most of it. Now it's about actually putting it together and having it be this like cinematic audio experience. Um, so this first chapter is uh, because it only features one, one voice actor and mm -hmm. he did all the voices in the chapter, which were incredible. They've wow. already done the sound design behind it. So we want to release that as like a, um, it's just like its own, its own experience of the community so they can hear it. Um, That's so cool, yeah. man. That's yeah. Really we're definitely working on it and we may end up doing a simpler version of it that's just like straight up or like a straight up recording and then later come back around and do a full cast re-release i love how you're you're kind of doing this like it's it's piece by piece to build the to build the universe right yeah. like you're not you're not necessarily trying to do too much too fast and i and i respect that because i feel like we we you do, of course you do as much as you can right as fast as you can um, but there's also this thing called quality that gets in your way. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, but it's good. Yeah, there's yeah. so much, and you know, like, and I, and I, I'm not speaking for anybody, but I will speak for myself when I say like, it, it is, I, I do think for creators that have a higher, like a higher production value tendency, uh, to look, and again, I'm speaking for myself, but to look over the landscape uh, at some of the launches, especially in the NFT space that come out and it literally looks like they rub two sticks together and like, <laughs> like they make it made it, they made like a 10,000 piece collection in maybe two days. Yeah. You know? And you're just like, Oh my God, why am I working? So hard? like, why yeah. are we, I, you know, like, but you know, that's, a, it's funny that you bring that up because what I realized, and I was talking to my, my artist friend about this too, 
is that we live in a strange era that asks us to desire like notoriety, fame, prosperity in the same time frame that we live in. And uh, I have a very deep fascination for time and like, you know, how we function as a result of like how we perceive time. And so if you look at older artists and older writers, they didn't, they weren't writing to get somewhere or get something in the moment that they were writing. And oftentimes their, whatever they created didn't, didn't gain, they were, they were, they were regarded as ridiculous, crazy, yeah. you know, stupid. Like they weren't, they weren't praised in the time when they were alive. In fact, their art was disregarded. And then later it kind of gained its own, it gained its own following and things like that. And that's like, it's, it's like, can we bring back the discoverability and let go of the attachment? And I'm like saying this definitely for myself, because to expect that in my lifetime that someone would discover and a number of people would discover and realize the true value of, you know, this book, for example, regardless of the digital availability or accessibility that that is, exists now versus what, what existed back in 1910 and 1920. Mm -hmm. Um but it just takes a lot of the pressure off um, and gives people the opportunity to kind of discover the magic on their own without it being part of an agenda, you know? Yeah. So I, I definitely I definitely agree that when I look out, I'm like, well, why am I working so hard? And, and the answer is like, probably not for right now. Probably not for right now, or maybe not even the next 10 years, but it could be because, you know, some kid picks this up and decides that they want to write their own story, their own series, yeah. and it's even better than mine, and it becomes a global sensation. But they were, in, but then they're like, "Man, you know what inspired me though? <laughs> I picked up Lost Children of Andromeda when I was 16 years old in 2022, and now you know I went on this to be a national, international bestseller. I'm, I'm like, cool. Yeah, Great. yeah." That's so fun, man. We we talk about that a lot uh, in adult fantasy. You know the same the same thing. Like we we have, you know, my uh, one of the one of the reasons one of the inspirations behind adult fantasy were the things that I never was able to to do the opportunities yeah. that I never had. Right, which is that you know you had to, you know, I had to grind for decades and travel the country and show my portfolio to editors and get turned down a million times and just scrimp and scrimp and scrimp. like, just, that was the only way to do it. Like there was no other way to do it at all. Um, and I, I love the idea. And then even then there are people that try to stop you, especially when you start making your own stuff, um, in traditional publishing or even in comics, like there are some real bad apples. There's some great people too, but there's some bad apples, man. That'll just oh, you're doing. You think you're going to do something special? Well, guess what? You're not going to do it here, right? Like just there's just people, people that don't don't want to see you succeed for whatever reason. And I love the I, I love the idea and the concept that with the with NFTs in the blockchain, we now have the ability to create something to create an ecosystem that will allow the next generation of creators, those kids who come up, they'll be, 
there'll be a teenager or someone that's like, like, like you said, 16, 17, 18, that comes into adult fantasy 20 years from now, maybe not even born yet. You know what I mean? But they come into the universe and there's this massive ecosystem, not just full of awesome people who are there to support each other and create what they're trying to create. But now there's this person that can come in and they can, there's a system for them to create what they want to create. If they want to launch comics or art or, or, or write something phenomenal, that stuff is all there. If they also want to learn about how to turn that into a business, because you have to be self-sustaining, they can have that too. And you have to, you have to learn how to promote yourself. So all of these components kind of pushed into the system so that when you go through it, if you decide to use that new skill set that you develop to help adult fantasy grow, phenomenal. Thank you. Awesome. It keeps it going for the next generation, even after that 18-year-old kid, right? Um, if they choose to use it and, and launch their own business or launch their own art career or whatever over here on the far, far away, it has nothing to do with adult fantasy. Awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't be happier that would make my entire life worth it you know outside of my kids and my family right like that would be the the biggest life achievement i could ever have and so and so I, I think it's 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 interesting to hear another creator talk about their project within the context of longevity because i don't think a lot of people have really thought about it i think about it i mean the reason i jumped in was because of longevity so so i look at it and the thing that i think of the most is immu the immutability of the of the of the chain right like we're literally making things that are going to be here before long after we pass right i mean thousands of years like this isn't the internet man this is like permanent you know i mean it's it is obviously the internet but it's 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 a very strong like this isn't like you know a GoDaddy domain or something like this is something that's it's gonna last you know what i mean and so and so not only should you put your try to put your best foot forward, but at least for us and and and, and for you as well, right? Because you you kind of bring it up the same way. Like you're actually creating something that will be here for a long time, and it's going to inspire somebody to do something. Yeah, you know, and and that if that should be, I think, the lens in which more creators push their push their project. You know, um, I think the storytellers do. The storytellers do, yeah. I mean. Look, I haven't, I haven't talked to a creator that's been working on any of their stories for less than five years. Um, I really, longevity for me, I'm, you know, having been, I already wrote the series one time when I was a kid, like kid to adult, so 13 to about 22. Um, so being that I've been writing this story my whole life and I'm now 38, and I know that it's going to take me basically the rest of my life to finish all of the stuff I want to do. So I already know like that I've got 20 years ahead of me of novels, graphic novel adaptations, audiobooks, animations, TV like, like I'm going to be fucking 70 years old, like yeah. 80 years old. <laughs> Dude, yeah. It goes quick, man. It goes quick. And I know for a fact. And so, you know, I think to me, even, you know, three months, six months, eight months, a year, it's kind of like, okay, well, what did I, what did I accomplish this year? Like, what did I get done? Because every year I've got to, I've got to kind of keep moving. If I want to complete my life's work, which is what yeah. I believe this is, you know, within the time frame of my life. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's interesting 
because maybe then time, I'm not, I don't perceive time quite the same way. Maybe someone who bought the NFT and was like, why isn't this? <laughs> Number go up. Three weeks later, yeah, I'm like, well, I won't moon until, I won't moon for like five years when, you know, we're doing the Netflix deal and you have one of 1,000 and there's millions of fans, you have one of 1,000 NFTs that like, you know, gets you access to this exclusive screening. How do you, how do you, deal with that that whole thing like the the and you mentioned this a little earlier too the speculation aspect of stuff i mean i guess the challenge is that most of the i i so my understanding that most of the space is um speculators not fans and the way i categorize that is this uh i don't shop here anymore but i used to shop at zara quite a bit or asos is a good example if ASOS's stock goes down, number one, I'm not going to know. I'm not going to say anything about it. And it certainly will not stop me from buying their clothes. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. It just doesn't work. If Marvel's stock goes down, am I still going to see Ant-Man? Am I still going to... Mom! Am I still going to see... <laughs> Hi, Mom! Um, Hi! Um, am I still going to see Ant-Man, Quantumania, or She-Hulk? Like, you know, yes. And so the challenge is that when I realized that what we were doing was building, what we're encouraging behavior-wise is like continuous speculative behavior that really just transfers from project to project with the expectation that one of them will do the thing that we've all seen the other projects do, which by the way is not normal in any other business or any other industry especially the amount of money that's being earned over such a short amount of time, the lack of overall development, the lack of overall infrastructure, like, I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and so, so that's why I felt like I'm having crazy deja vu right now. Whoa, this is nuts. Wait, this is crazy. No, 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 no. This is freaking me the fuck out. This is really, really freaking me out. This is like, this is like a, some of, this is like the most serious deja vu I think I've had in a long time. Awesome. Wow. Okay. Sorry, my brain's a little weird. Um, yeah. Okay. So what, what I was saying was that in terms of, in terms of the fandom, it's like, how do we create a normal relationship with, our community that really is about a face value product like a face value offering yeah it has a com comparable price so not something super inflated or something you know it, it is inflated so not something super inflated but something that's uh accessible mm -hmm. and have that be the thing like have that be enough so that there's not this kind of wanting expectation for more that has you really in your feelings about, 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 you know, what happens next. Um, and I think what I found was that the space was really about extraction. It was about not having to put in very much and getting out a lot. Yeah. And that doesn't actually work when you're trying to have a brand consumer relationship because you have to, both people have to participate um, continuously. Yeah. Super smart, dude. That's a hundred percent. Uh, we see the same thing. Like we, I think we had a little bit of a 
benefit. Um, I mean, I mean, double-edged sword. Like we, we, our mint, we did well on our mint. We sold out last December, um, but it wasn't like an explosive mint, right? Like we did, we did great. Everyone was happy, but it wasn't like, like we had. I don't think we had any flippers, right? So the double-edged sword was like. You know our 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 launch had that had our uh, de-aging technology baked into it yes so so and we were we tried we tried i think we did a based on results i think we did a pretty good job of messaging but it was a very strange thing to have to go out you know uh, like you know in that, in that launch mode where you're trying to get as many people interested as possible into that thing that you're that you're trying to push and also say if you're a flipper no problem you know you know i have no problem with people who want to flip go for it but just to be transparent you may not want our project because right. it was going to take four years for that first algorithm to run its course meaning you're not going to know the actual value of the nft for four years so wow. we really saw that as as a a like an emotional commitment we wanted an emotional commitment from people to trust us based on our history of de delivering stuff for 20 plus years. Right. Right. We were like, we've done this for a long time. We know what we're doing. Um, we're not saying that we get everything right, but we've done this before. And right. so if you just put your faith in us and hang with us, you'll have this NFT that changes every day, which is fun. And that'll give us the time we need to show you and prove to you who we are and what we can do. Yeah. Right. And that was, that was sort of our, 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 what we thought was our best foot forward. And I, I think it was a pretty good decision. Um, even if, you know, now I feel like I should have just busted out like 10,000, you know, uh, anime turds and, uh, you know, <laughs> how many did you, we have a, we, we have a joke called the, that we have a joke internal joke. That's uh, our, our next uh, drop is going to be uh, 10, a 10,000 PFP project. that's going to be called masturbating giraffes. Oh it would probably go to the fucking moon. I know. I shouldn't say it because I'll probably. But what? How, how many did you? How many did you do? We did. Uh, the drop was twenty two hundred. Because I need to go. I need to, so is the one that you sent me is that part of that drop? Or is that that was the second. That's the ash can. Okay. Oh right, right, right. Ash can. Right, the first drop were, were characters, and then and then the second drop was the ash can, and then we did a partnership with Hail Draconis, and then the ash can is about to be burned for the origin comic which is what we're getting ready for now right i remember that oh that's cool yeah yeah so we're we're marching forward and and now we're we're kind of planning uh you know we know the market's going to be choppy for the next i think it's going to be choppy for the next few years uh mm -hmm. and so now we're like okay cool um you know we we've we try to be as transparent as possible like i don't think we hide anything other than like special stuff for launches or whatever but like, you know, we're saying, okay, cool. How, how, what's the next step? And I, I think it's, um, smaller launches more often, right? Yeah. Smaller affordable launches on a more often ba continuous basis so that we can, from a set, so we can keep people happy, keep them interested and continue to deliver on, on our promise to, to come up with cool stuff, but also from a, from a business standpoint, to kind of get away. I, I really, I want us to get away us as a culture. I want us to get away from these giant 
insulin spikes of capital. You just, you put everything in and it's one launch a year and it's 10,000 pieces or whatever. And if it doesn't work, you're screwed. Yeah. Right. It's like all or nothing all the time. And that's not healthy. Right. And then on the other side, you, you know, I, I want to get, do what I, I can, my part. Um, and really to your point to try to pull people away from the idea that things have to sell out immediately, because as you mentioned, it doesn't work like that. And then any other, in any IRL business, like there's no business that says, Hey, we're going to, we just, we're going to open our, our stores. We're going to open the doors tomorrow. Yeah. And, and, and there's, there's no customer that walks in and says, why do you still have stuff here? You've been open for you've been open for 24 hours. Yeah, that's so funny. That's a great analogy. You still have stuff in your store. You guys are scam artists. Like, yeah. Just bullshit. yeah. Like, right, right, right. People, yeah. Not gonna make it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. You're right. That's part yeah. of the part of the speculation. That's so funny. I yeah. mean, it's it's you know we we made an intentional decision to launch on a platform this time. You know, we we spent the time building our own you know, Web3 experience um, of minting, mm -hmm. which is fine for some people to do. Um, but when you're a new project, a fairly not, not unknown founder, um, a, new, a new IP, and you're asking people to make a lot of very important decisions all at one time. Yes. Um, so it's not just like come to my website and buy my, and I'm sure people have said this, but I, th I think people don't talk about it enough. Yeah. It's not like come to my website and buy my digital asset. It's like, well, I need you to go here and get this. And then I need you to go here and get this currency that you need yeah. to transit. And then I need you to like plug it all in and then buy the thing and then, you know, protect it or, you know, it's just a lot, yeah. it's a lot. It's so, it's, it is not easy. And one of the things like I have, you know, I've got a background. I, I've done a lot of marketing um, and like advertising and funnel building and copywriting. I've done a lot of that stuff and I really enjoy it. Um, the challenge with it's been a massive challenge with with NFTs because it doesn't it doesn't work on that same principle yet. Right. Like like right now, um, you know, you can't like just the fact that you can't do you can't add to cart right, right. like right. just just the fact that you can't add to cart is such a challenge you know so we invented we invented our own technology to so the first thing we did is on our mint pages and we, we now have them for partners but but basically what it is 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 it's a it's a multi connect wallet so the first thing that it that happens is um you you put in a wallet address that verifies that you have an asset, like if it's an allow list, yeah. it also acts as a destination wallet. So it can be your, it's basically your, your cold wallet, right? You don't have to connect. It just scans the wallet. And then based on that wallet, this, because it's the destination wallet, this, there's a second place where you put your address in for payment so that your hot wallet. So for, for people, like when we do drops, people will put in their destination wallet and they'll put in their their address to to pay and that way their their cold wallet is always safe oh interesting That's right crazy. and and we're not yuga labs you know what i mean like we just had a problem we're like why why it's our problem like why the hell do i have to connect my cold wallet to everything 
and, and like have a heart palpitations every time I'm checking out basically and hitting a button and praying to God, like, okay, here's the solution. And then we started stacking, um, we started stacking offers. So the, we did a partnership with Hell Draconis and basically we had, you could choose to buy this thing or choose to buy the second thing. So we had two different NFTs for sale on the same page. And basically what we did with that is we created uh, multiple contracts. And so, and now we're figuring out ways to combine those contracts so we can actually create carts. Um, and we may, we may even, we're actually even thinking about creating like a fiat option because the power of being able to like go to a checkout page, say, I want one of these and three of those. And then on the checkout page, just being able to say, Hey, you're checking out. Would you also like this thing, you know, or Hey, because you're buying these two things, you actually get this third thing for free. Like all these things we could do that normal e-commerce companies and products can do all day, every day. And we can't do any of that. On top of that, we have the challenge of, of Twitter and discord being the primary, the primary places where our people are. Right. It doesn't sound like a problem until you realize that discord doesn't really have serve ads. It's not, there's no way to get new discord users really. Right. Um, unless that's why the everyone started DM spamming because people are trying to advertise. Yeah. Right. And then, and then Twitter is an advertising nightmare. Like it's the worst platform ever for, for, you can't promote. It's really difficult. Uh, and that's why like, there's, there's very few, like out of all the whole internet marketing universe, there are very few courses on, on Twitter and like zero, one maybe on like discord and definitely not on advertising. Right. right? And so, and so it's, it's like, okay, well, how can we, how can we start to blur that line between what is now and what will be, because I think we really are early, you know, but, but if you just depend on the early stuff, you know, you don't want that to push you over a cliff either. You know what I mean? Yeah, early stuff and the early people, yeah. um, which I think, yeah, onboarding wise, I think partnering with like Nifty Gateway will help with the kind of fiat option and yeah, you know, they run a lot of. They run a lot of um, drops on there that are more fan 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 focused. Yep. Um, so I think that'll help, and it'll just it's just less work. It's, it's a trusted platform. We know who made it. We know who they. they oh, for sure. Where where when's the drop going to be? December fifteenth. Um, December fifteenth. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so good. Yeah. Excited about that. I'm excited about that. I, I spent a lot of time like a lot of time working on a lot of the tech behind the scenes. I learned a lot about like smart contracts, equipment, all that stuff. And I'm excited to not do that for this one. <laughs> so awesome. I love it. Was, it. it was, it was, yeah, because I, I just, um, as like an operating creative director, you know, wrote the web, like I did, like I did the wireframes for the website that you see. Like I originally laid them out as I envisioned would make sense. And then, you know, the company that we work with then translated them into something that like looked like a website. Yeah. Just me like dropping it. But I was like dropping in photos and putting text and saying like, okay, this would go here and this would, can it, can we have this like writing effect or like typing effect or whatever? So I'm like super, when I'm involved, I'm very like hands-on in terms of, in terms of like structure, logistics, uh, creative, um, which can just be. It's a lot. I, I'm the I'm the same way, man. I, I'm the same way. Um, real quick, let's jump in. I want to um, bring Dusty up here. Or we're gonna do the we the okay. wheel the wheel of of ooh the wheel that. of what do we call this? The wheel of happiness? No. What do we we need a, a name for this? 
I think we call this the wheel of KG because KG somehow always wins the wheel. The wheel of KG. <laughs> wheel of KG. KG wins quite a bit. This we call true. the wheel of fantasy. Ooh, All right. The fantasy. wheel of fantasy. We need like a like another sexy term. Yeah, but it works. <laughs> Excellent. So if you're here and your name is not on the wheel, let us know right now in chat because we're going to be spinning this in about 10 seconds. I love the wheel. The wheel's good. This, wheel is, is, this is where you count down, Todd. Oh, 10, <laughs> 9, 8, 3, 2. <laughs> wheel of KG. All right, let's go. Let's check out the, the, the KG <laughs> fantasy wheel. <laughs> we have, uh, Dusty, you going to share the, share the screen? I did not share the screen. Cool, 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 cool. Respin. No, is it spinning? Yeah, it already spun. Should I respin it? Oh man, I don't know. This is a this is a challenge. Uh, should we respin it, chat? What do you think? We'll give you five seconds. Four, three, two. I mean, KG said wheel of adult fantasy. Yeah, KG, yes. Okay, all right. Share this. Share it again. We'll we'll. Rasputin says, "If I didn't win, <laughs> then yes." <laughs> How about this? Can right. you, so, so put it in. Can we put it in the green room and you start to spin it, and then we show it so that people don't feel like they lost out? How's that? Okay. This is going to take a little bit of skill, but we'll try to do it. So, if I just hit share screen, will it drop it to the green room? Uh, I don't think so. It might pop it on screen. Okay. So go ahead and go ahead and spin and then share and we'll take care of it because it takes a second. And there we go. Cool, cool, cool. It's, now you got to go to the right tab. Well, are we going to put it in the green room so we can get it? Started? Oh, I see what you're saying. I see. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, there you go. All right, you're in ready? the green. Room. Yeah, we're ready. It's spinning. We're spinning. We're spinning. It's spinning. All right, there we go. Oh, nice. Here we go. Wizard! Wizard! Awesome! Congratulations, Wizard. Congrats, Wizard. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, Dusty, tell them what they won. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pull my DMs off the screen there. Yeah, I was like... That's a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wizard, you have won an Adult Fantasy Ashcan, which will be burnable for the Devoid Origin comic soon. Awesome. Is Congrats. that the digital version or the print version? Digital. Digital version, nice. Yep, it'll be digital. Yep, uh, awesome guys. Well, congrats, Wizard. Thank you so much, Dusty. Thank you, man. I appreciate you as always. Get out of here. Look at that. <laughs> you also need to solve the whole like fulfillment problem because that has. Yeah. Oh, you know, there's, uh, there's problems all day and night. Physical problems. Problems. Versions of things. I'm like, how do I get people's addresses when they don't even want to share their damn name? I know. Well, that's the other. That's there's so many. There's so many challenges, right? Like that's part of the fun. What? But Jason, this was fantastic, man. I, I, we've had good uh, conversations before, and I, I love our conversations. They're so good, man. I, I, I love talking to you. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome. You're amazing. Love. Thank you. Likewise, man. Where, so where where can we send people? Where where should they check things out? What should they do? Um, LCOA. 2052 on Twitter. If you want on Instagram, Lost Children of Andromeda. Um, no one that I know in NFTs is on Instagram, but if you find yourself over there, please. Um, 
in the Discord, you can join through um, our Twitter account. Yeah. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. Well, everybody. If you want to know anything about me, I'm. <laughs> open book. Literally. Stuff. Physically. Literally in the metaf metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely all over the place. I'm, I'm... <laughs> well, Lost Children of Andromeda, lostchildrenofandromeda.com. Go check it out. It's a phenomenal site. A big old book. You got to go check out that book. I know that book is on Amazon as well. It's on Amazon. So if you want, if you want to read it, yeah, go get it. You got to support everybody, please. Uh, Jason, thank you so much, man. This has been wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate it. Absolutely. And everybody else, love you guys. Thank you so much for coming out. Evening Alpha, uh, multiple times a week. The best, the best in Web three. See, like we we just deliver on the promise, right? Uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, see you guys in Discord, see you on, on the Twitters and all that good stuff. Until then, God bless.